Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Um, I feel like the best is yet to come. You know, I, I mean, it's a difficult question. You know, I feel like I've obviously elevated my game. You know, since I've been in this league, and you know, I, I definitely just uh, want to keep him stacking. You know, I, I consider myself one of the best linebackers in this league, and I mean. I'm just going to keep fighting, you know, keep keep grinding, do what I do, you know, and just let the cream rise. Let the cream I like rise. the look there, dude. The cream, the cream of the crop. The cream, yeah, cream of the crop. The That's right. He's got the gold chain on. He's got the buttons on. He's, he, Booney, he's feeling himself dude, after I'm, that interception. I'm so glad you said that because that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, my dude has got some serious swag. Like, wasn't afraid with the gold chain. Maybe a little too many buttons unbuttoned, but at the same time, dude, you can rock it after a game like that. Can't tell me that kid's not clutch. Can we Cheers. get Judd next week? Can we get a split screen of a screenshot of Eric Kendricks in that outfit and you in the same outfit? Yeah. A couple Ooh. buttons undone. You have oh. to do the button thing for sure. Of course, of yeah. course. My shirt might not cost as much because, like, I can't afford that shirt. But I'll get a similar shirt, unbutton it couple of chains yeah when people think of judd they think he's uh he's like old navy eric kendricks you know just yeah he's yep. like the gap version i got the hairy chest so it's not a problem <laughs> oh my <laughs> god i got that down um so yeah this is uh this is purple daily right here presented by surly brewing company phil Mackey, judd zolget executive producer declan goff and our football loving 10-year nfl vet friend former viking alex boone has football. anyone uh has anyone ever asked you in your decade-long career, I, I believe that was Don Mitchell from Fox 9 asking Eric Kendricks, are you playing the best football of your career? I love that question. Such like a someone has a question. big game, like, are you playing the best football of your career right now? You're kind of like, what are they going to say? Are they going to be political? Oh, you know, I think, uh, I think we're playing great as a team. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I think it's a team effort. I hate that. I hate that answer. Like, dude, just be real. Yeah, dude, I've been lighting dudes up, catching the ball every which way, and I'm not even supposed to be. Like, yeah, I love when they have a personality about it. It makes it fun, doesn't it? It makes it yeah. so not stiff and like. Oh, God, that guy's such a bore. He's like, I'm a boss, yeah. Did you see that interception I had? I mean, Dude, come on. You get that, it's though, ridiculous. with defensive guys. They're, you're never going to catch a stiff on the defense. Like, well, you know, it's great. It's, they're, they're always like, bro, did you see that? Did you see what I did? You're like, yes, I saw it for the 12th time. It was great. Moving I on. ripped that guy's head off. We're going we're gonna to get to – it's Vikings-Packers week. If you're not oh, fired up for Vikings-Packers week, go then – I don't know uh, why you're here right now. Uh, if you're watching this on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, please also watch it on a TCL TV because then you can support the show. 
And you can get one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands in your living room for Football Sunday. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Uh, Boone, after watching the Vikings and the way that the word aggressiveness oh, is the yeah. big word, right? Like they third and 20 and it's late. And you figure, oh, 100 times out of 100, they probably just run the ball here. No, 18-yard yes. pass. They go for it on fourth down. So I think everyone's all excited that we saw a new Vikings aggressiveness. Do you think the Vikings have discovered something? Are they a new team now from what you've seen? going into Packers week, or are you still in wait-and-see mode? I'm still in wait-and-see mode, and I say that because, like, they looked really, they looked amazing. Like, certain aspects of the game looked really, really good. I will say this. The one thing that stood out to me was that Kirk was pressured early and overcame it and was, like, seemed to be a different style quarterback. And there was a hit that he took that was a high-low, the one that Joey Bosa got hurt on, that he, I mean, I was like, this guy's going to, he's not going to get up. And he got up and he was like, Joey, are you okay? And I was like, oh, okay, it's a different type of Kirk. Like, I kind of like this. But at the same time, you know, I'm looking at the offensive line again, and they're just so bad at times. Like, dudes are running through free. You're wondering where they're coming from. The left tackle's oversetting. The left guard's not in the gap. And that's really not the left guard's fault. At the same time, Ole Udo is just all over the map and costing you at the same time. And there's so many things that could be so much better. And you're like, where does this lie? And it falls on the O-line. And once again, like Dalvin running into the back of offensive linemen, it seemed like two years ago he was different. Like he just went through things, and now it's like it has to be more mapped out for him. So I'm like, yeah, that was a great win. And the Chargers are a great team, and their offense is high-powered, and they can do things at times, but the Vikings shut that down. And we can get into that later, what they did, which was awesome. But offensively, it's like, dude, there's still things that need to be cleaned up. That in order to beat a really, really good team, you you got to really overcome these. So the one thing that I continue to hear, and it makes perfect sense, because I, I believe that guys like Zim don't change their stripes, Booney. The one thing that continues to come up is is that there is no question Kubiak got some help in-game. Um, the, the rumor is it, it was the quarterback's coach, but that there was definitely, because there was such a change in philosophy. Yeah. And back to your point, the offensive line struggles ordinarily like a month ago would, would have caused them to revert and be like, hold on, we can't do this. And right. It's not possible. They're not playing well. Kirk's going to get hurt. We're not going to score points. They didn't do that. They sort of just said, okay, we're going to keep on keeping on. Um, did you see enough to justify in your mind that it's not just – because like the whole thing with Mike post game was like, well, I called Jefferson in and I said we're going to do this. And that's not Mike. Come on. Right, you, right. you played for Mike. Um, how much do you think things changed and do you buy that there was definitely a difference, um, at least cook in the kitchen, if nothing else helping out? Dude, 100%. And it's funny you say that because before my show on Sunday, I was talking to the guy who was doing the show before me. I'm not going to name names, but he works for the NFL network and he does a lot for him. And so he's a huge Minnesota fan and he knows I played here. So we start talking about the Vikings and I'm like, Hey man, is Kubiak going to do something today? Like, is he really going to stop with this like reverting back to conservativeness? Or I'm like, do you think he's actually going to pull the trigger? And he was like, dude, I think he knows that he's going to have to start pulling the trigger soon. And if he doesn't, it's going to be dangerous. And he was like, look out today because there's rumors that it's on, like the ball's going to be flying. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm curious myself. We saw what happened and you said it like, 
there were times before third and 20, all right, we'll run a draw. And you're like, dude, the conservative stupid draw on third and 20. Nobody saw it coming. But now all of a sudden you're throwing, you know, to Justin Jefferson over the middle who's double, double covered and he's backpedaling his way into a first down. And it's like, where's that been all year? And it's like, I see why at times, you know, the conservative approach, the defensive coordinators always fall on like Pete Carroll. And those guys are always the same. Let's just run the ball and get away with the win. But when you play a team like this and they come out and they're like, hey, we're going to do everything we can to stop Dalvin, you're going to have to throw it across the middle. And you got to challenge them at the same time. Like Justin Jefferson was held the entire game. They, there could have been more laundry on that field, but there wasn't because eventually you have to let them play. But that goes back to the whole point. If you just throw him the ball, he'll find a way to catch it and get you a first down. And that's what's been costing them all year is being afraid to do things like that. Open the ball up to feel it. Make these guys get physical. That's what they actually really do well is get physical with people. Yeah. Uh, this is just just so you can hear this. This is Mike Zimmer, uh, the, the chatter that Judd was referring to. You know, okay, what was the catalyst for being more aggressive? and find, You can't target Justin Jefferson four times a game. Like, if right. you're going to throw the ball, throw it to your best players. This is what Mike Zimmer had to say. You know, I think he had some shots early in the game um, that he that he didn't take, um, but I think he settled down. And in the second half, he was able to. You know, we got some single coverage, and uh, you know they're playing a lot of a lot of double, basically double coverage on Thielen and and uh, Jefferson on third downs, and then we finally got in some plays where we could get some single coverage with him. Yeah, he also in another clip too. He added that he you know, he pulled Kirk aside on Thursday in their uh, their weekly one-on-one that they just started doing this mm, season. Yeah. And he said, hey, you, like, you're going to – don't shy away from throwing 50-50 balls to Justin Jefferson. You, you have to be more aggressive. So I think part of it's on the guy that holds the ball for 75 snaps a game. Like, ultimately, if Jefferson's only targeted four times in three hours, like, I'm not going to only blame Scheme and Mike Zimmer. Kirk Cousins can throw the ball. And sometimes I think he shies away from throwing interceptions. But where do you – like, when you hear – whether it's Cousins or whether it's Zimmer or Kubiak, when they say things like, and this has been the theme all season, well, the defense was playing, you know, two safeties, two high safeties, and so, you know, we were just doing what the defense was was giving us, which is why we targeted Conklin seven times and CJ Hand three times or whatever. I mean, it's not like these are the first defenses to ever try and take away a star receiver, and other teams still find a way to get the ball to star receivers, so... So the, the defense is trying to take take away big shots down the field. Well, how do you still get the ball to the Justin Jeffersons offensively? What's your theory on it? I mean, I think there's tons of ways you can. I mean, you obviously change up their patterns. You don't need them going deep all the time. Like, there's times where a playmaker needs to get the ball and go. But at the same time, I hear people say this all the time, like, oh, well, they were in a cover two. You act like you can never throw the ball against a cover two. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, guys, it's two. <laughs> don't throw uh, it. Just, better take, just take a knee. Yeah. Uh. Oh, God, the windows will be too tight. No way. There's so many, like, underneath routes that just end up breaking. But at the same time, I think a lot of this falls on, I want to say, more Kubiak than anybody. Because in order for Kirk to feel comfortable that he can throw those balls, I feel like you have to have the approval of the OC. And not only that, but even Mike. You know, like, and I feel like Kirk's such an up-and-down quarterback. And he's really the only one in the league that we don't know about. Is it? Is he mentally not equipped to do it? Does he not have the balls to do it? Like, what is he afraid of? The tongue lashing on Monday for throwing 400 yards to Justin Jefferson and saying, hey, man, like at some point in this league, you have to push people to see how far they can go too. And we have the talent on our side to do it. So I think it falls a lot on like the OC and Zimmer to make him comfortable enough to be like, hey, man, like 
week one, they should have been like, we need to air it out. We need to make people fear the deep ball because we always have that ace in the hole in Dalvin. So eventually they're going to have to start figuring out which of the lesser two evils do I take away? Do I take away the run game or do I take away the deep shot? You're always going to find that people want to take away the run game because the run game bleeds over into so many other things, right? Like play action, you start continuing to hold the clock, third downs become more manageable, like all these things play. And so people are like, if we can stop that, we'll take the risk of airing it out. So to me, it's like this whole offense has just been screwed since jump. Nobody's really been affected by Dalvin enough that they're like, oh my God, what is this guy going to do this week to our safeties, to our corners? Like that's the one thing that we always talked about was like, how amazing it is when you can affect the cornerbacks through the run game. When you just send a running back down a cornerback's throat enough, eventually they tire out and they they break down first because they're like, dude, I want no part of this, right? You do that enough and all of a sudden they slow down. That's when you start hitting them deep. Like it's a whole chess match. And to me, it's been started since week one. You didn't make Delvin enough focal point and you didn't make people fear him enough that they were like, you know what? We can control you with a nickel defense. Like anytime you see a nickel defense out there and Delvin's on the field, he should get the ball because there's no way that seven guys in the box are going to stop you. It's just not going to happen. But then you go back to things like the offensive line, the blocking. They're going too lateral at times. And you're like, listen, Dalvin wants to go downhill. He's not one of these sideline to sideline guys. Get me to the edge and then I'll turn. I want to go right now as fast as I can through a gap. And if you don't let me, I'm going to start to run into you and not figure this thing out as well. So to me, it's like it's a big circle of like, Everything, and that falls on the OC. You should have been better equipped. You should have been better prepared. This should have been taught better. All these things are just falling in now, and it's like, are they back? I don't know. There's a ton of question marks. Everybody has all these question marks. We're halfway through. Should this be a playoff team? I'm not so sure. I don't know. Booney, how come, too, then, when the offensive line's having, like, a pretty bad day? Like, you can make a case that was really their worst pass protection day. They weren't giving Kirk enough time. But at the same time, Kirk was taking more shots down the field. So, right. like, what, what what was it that Clint Kubiak has this awakening, then your offensive line has a terrible performance, but then Kirk is able to make all these throws, which we've seen him be able to do before, but it's almost like a tease, right? Because he's he's that kind of quarterback that has all these tools, but he doesn't unleash them all the time. But, yes, last week against the Chargers, with all these deep shots, that offensive line failing, he was still able to convert down the field. Well, I think number one we talked about before was he looked way different. Like, the first time I saw him under duress and he threw the ball, I was like, oh, here we go. Like, this is going to be the whole day. And I didn't know how it was possible so early because this defense isn't really jumping off anyone's radar. Like, oh, my God, these guys are world beaters. But then I saw him take a few more pressures. I saw him take that huge high low that Joey Bosa got hurt on. And he still came back like, yeah, no, I'm good. And it's kind of like, where has this Kirk been? Well, this is the Kirk that they needed earlier in the year when their offensive line was falling to shambles and things weren't breaking. Like, this was just a different team. And I think a lot of it is, like you said, Mike, Mike said, on Thursday, I think more was said in that meeting. Like, listen, we are coming to a crossroads here as a team, and we're either going to air it out and we're going to no risk it, no biscuit our way into the playoffs, or we're going to fall under this conservative approach and all of us are going to just get strung along and we're all going to get hung together at the end. Like, that's how it goes. And I'm sure Kirk was like, hey, listen, we got to just let it rip. These guys are strong enough. They're physical enough. Our receivers, while at times people think that they're not good, they are the most underrated duo, maybe even trio, if you just let Kirk throw it. But he needed to come along for the journey. He did a, he had a way better game under pressure, way better. All right, let's cut the 
niceness here and BS. Okay, let's wow. get. Let's, are you going for it right now? Let's get to the. Let's get are you to going the bottom. for it all? No, I. No, this conversation, like we're dancing here, we're bobbing and weaving, and we're like light. What are we weaving around? This Kirk is mentally weak as they come. <laughs> okay, Kirk is incredibly mentally weak. Kirk did what he did because he's got the God-given gifts to do those things if empowered. Somebody got to Mike and said, and, and I don't know if it was players or what, but there's no question. Mike didn't have, like, this epiphany thing is such crap. Like, oh. Mike, 10 weeks in, I, I think we got to change. I'm going to be more <laughs> hip. He didn't become more hip. What Somebody got to him and said, you idiot, you're about to get fired. Right. And it might have been Thielen. It might have been Jefferson. It might have been a combination. Um, Clint is Clint is a child. He is a child. He is not capable of doing the job he's been asked to do. No. They got him help as, as well. Like, there's no question there was a blow-up of some sort. And by the way, overdue. Over even due. But but for Kirk to play, like, like we're talking about like, well, now Kirk has, has Kirk. Kirk has only found this Kirk if somebody continues to take him by the lapel and say, Kirk. You have to continue to play like this. And by the way, if you throw a pick, we don't care now. Right. Uh, but this is not like Mike gets to the microphone and it bugs me because he's like, you know, I called Jefferson in and said, you got to do something. <laughs> BS. This guy's a superstar. He told you you're yeah. an idiot. Wow. So, yeah. so Booney, yes. Booney, take us in. The li- yes. I mean, you'd be, you'd be going ape bleep. If yeah. you played on this team, you would be going ape bleep. So let's, let's cut out the niceties and let's get to what is occurring in that building because it's not pretty but it's necessary okay and i'm glad you brought that up because that was a very political way of saying what you said there's no question that place is blowing up and i'm sure a lot of the people are like hey man we're wasting opportunities when we could be getting the ball to guys like justin jefferson or adam Thielen." and like you said listen if a mistake happens it is okay we will find a way to get out of it because if you play in a cage at times you're going to make even more mistakes because you start to think too much and this isn't a thinking man's game and what does Kirk love to do think and that's why you said people are grabbing him like listen dude get rid of the damn ball throw it to a guy in triple coverage who cares watch him make a play or else go make a tackle like that's all you got to know and at the same time like I'm looking at Delvin and I'm and like I said in a nice way where the hell has he been all year you have to unleash this guy. At times, you got to speed up the offense to get him more carries. And, hey, man, listen, if you're tired or beat up, Tuesday, you don't have to come in at all. But we need you on Sundays because this offense, like this last week, was such a shell of what they could be. And that Chargers team, as much as people want to say they're a great team, yeah, they're good. But they're not what they should be. But you could have went out there and ran through them, and people would have been like, all right, now nah, the Vikings are back. But it was kind of like one of those games where they start to fall asleep again. The penalties mount up. Like, what, they have 12 penalties? Like, dude, leadership needs to step up. And that falls on Kirk, too. Kirk, uh, Ev, Kendricks, guys like that. Like, making dumb penalties are eventually going to cost you even bigger games. And you almost cost you one this game. Yeah. It is so weird that you know we're eight years into Zimmer and we're like you saw what Justin Jefferson did last year and it's like there's this huge come to Jesus meeting that sort of spill over spills over into the you know the media discussion too about what we should you know what we should do guys here here's what we should do we should get the ball to the guy that's our best weapon in the air like it's like the fact that we're even having this discussion and by the way here's another clip for you so somebody there we go. Some, somebody, somebody asked Mike Zimmer because Kubiak at his Thursday press conference came out and told the media, like, you know, he got the hat pulled down and, you know, we got to find a – we can't have games where Justin Jefferson is only targeted four times. We need to get the ball more to Justin Jefferson. And so Mike Zimmer was asked about the lead-up after the game and 
here's uh here's what he said. Yeah, he shouldn't be telling that to the media. But I did talk to Justin this week, and I told him we we're going to get him the ball. I said, you got to do something for me, and that's come out here and practice real hard and, and do the things you're supposed to do and study and be precise in your routes, and we're going to get you the ball. So, hey, hey, don't go telling opposing teams that we're going to use Justin Jefferson, okay? Let's keep that on the down, though, all right? And, B, listen, Justin, we'll get you the ball a couple more times, but you got to do a few things for me. Yeah, dude, what a back – it's kind of like a backhanded compliment. We'll we'll get you the ball, kid, but you got to come out here and practice real, real hard for us. (laughs) Like, dude, do I not come out here every day and give it everything I have? What a dump, I swear. Sometimes coaches say things sometimes just to piss people off. Like, listen, if you're real good, maybe afterwards we'll get ice cream too. Yeah. What? <laughs> Who are you talking to? How about I'll come to work tomorrow if you promise to give me the ball, but if I don't, I'm not coming on Thursday. Like, <laughs> that's why I'm with Judd on this one. Like, you act like everything was like, and I went to Dirty Harry style, right? When it was really like, Justin, like, yes. listen. Listen, it's uh, noon on Monday. If the game plan doesn't say my name at least 20 times, I'm not coming Wednesday. Yep. I want a copy to my agent, my mom, and myself. Yep. Like, dude, you, we all know yep. how things go back behind the scenes. I've been there several times where I'm like, can I get a copy too? I'd like to see the game plan. I heard Justin Jefferson ask Zimmer if he could play left tackle. I'm not sure how that conversation went, what? Alex. Well, with the way the last one played this last week, I'm like, dude, just all willy-nilly right through the B-gap. What the hell were you thinking? But you uh, you required Stefan Diggs rightfully so to stage a wildcat strike a wildcat strike and by the way it worked it worked (laughs) and now you're doing the same thing to a guy who i think is naturally more talented and mike can never just say you know what we weren't doing we weren't getting him the ball enough and we're going to but he, it's always got it's always has to be on mike's terms well i told him he has to work i know and doesn't that bother you because yes. you're a dc you should have no business like i know people are like well he's the head coach yes it bothers me like you're not really equipped to know how we should attack a team you should know how to stop the opposing team but not be too meddling in our offense and that like you keep saying it, Kubiak is a child and at times I'm like well, then why is he running the National Football League offense of a team of talented players there are so many better ways to go about your business but you instead choose to fall into this like oh I'll just listen to Zimmer when you should be like nah dude my dad was a guy in this league, and I've been around just as long as you have, Mike. Like, I know the ins and the outs. Leave me alone and mind your business. But instead, it's like, okay, well, we'll go throw a couple tight end screens because nobody will know it's coming. Like, that fad is over. That was weeks one to four, and people were like, wow, look at this. Now it's like, oh, here we go again, another tight end screen. You know, like, dude, you got to just keep throwing your best weapons at a defense and make them start to sputter out more. Like, this defense was reeling. They're hurting the back end. They didn't really have much going in the run game at all. And you let them kind of hang around most of the game. And it's like, dude, what is going on? Speaking of tight ends, by the way, tight. you know who's got a tight end on this show oh, after yeah. losing 23 pounds in like three and a half weeks? Judd Zulgad, everybody. Well, thank you very much. And that's thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. And in fact, if you want to join me now, if you want to join me on a weight loss journey that's easy, uh, gives you a program that's great, then you want the Season to Believe Friends and, and Family event. Join now and save 40%. It is this simple. Call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or visit Livia.com. And here's the best part. Your first visit is free. That's right. It's free. Again, the friends and family event. Join now. Save 40%. And by January 1, feel great about yourself. Livia.com. I am down to 217 on my Ooh. way to 200. And Come then here. the best part, the best part. 
Spoonie, I'm going to stay there. I'm going to be like a player. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to go back up. I'm going to stay there. Just stay, stay off the stay off shape. the star caps. All right, stay off the uh, whatever the Williams wall got suspended for. And... Hey, that's a weight loss thing, man. You don't need that. <laughs> don't with need my that. program at Livia. Livia.com. Um, also, uh, since you're feeling good, you might as well look good in your Chill Boys too. Chill Boys is the most comfortable underwear we've ever worn. I, I was. I threw out all of my non-Chill Boys underwear because once you experience bamboo fabric wrapped around your tree trunk legs, I mean, there's no better feeling. It's a Minnesota-based company, and uh, you can find yours at chillboys.com. Also, two more words, long underwear this time of year. Oh, yeah. Very clutch. Very clutch. Got mine on right now. Yeah, Very Judd's comfortable. waltzing around to the uh, grocery store in his long underwear and his tight <laughs> pants looking good. Heck, yeah. Look good, feel good, play good. Uh, chillboys.com if you want to uh, to experience the comfort. Yo, boys, I think it's time for Declan oh, yes. to fire Love somebody's it. ass. Every Can't week. Wait. Declan, whose ass is on oh. the line? Who's fired this week? You no, know, I, I, I surveyed the league this week. And, you know, I like to look at all the games, like look at the noon games. I had, I had an open special with, with the Vikings kicking off at 3.30. I had a whole whole window of games to watch uh, from, from noon to 3 before the Vikings kicked off to figure out who I wanted to be canned. And obviously there were some primetime games. But, you know, then I, I just kept thinking about it. And I went back to my drawing board and I went back to the Vikings game. And I'm watching someone and I'm watching someone thinking, all right, this is, you know, oh boy, this defense is depleted. You're without Pat P. You're without Harrison Smith. You don't have Daniil Hunter. Anthony Barr's out for the hundredth time. But man, there's some people missing. And this dude, Brandon Staley, takes his quarterback, Justin Herbert, and turns him into Christian Ponder with check down, check down, check down. Wow. All this, this big arm that Herbert has, right? This big arm, the rookie of the year. And you're checking down. Nope, I don't want to take any shots. Nothing past check, 10 check, yards. Check, check, check down, check, 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 check down. I'm down 10 points. Instead of going for seven, I'm taking three, and then I'm going to get a stop. No, you're a gutless turd, Brandon Staley. You deserve to be fired. <laughs> hey, Brandon Staley. Very easy, wow. boom. dude. Very wow, easy. Dude. What? I, know. I don't know what's going on right now. This what is, happened? I love this. Brandon Staley, dude. This is the second consecutive week that you have fired. <laughs> they started a guy who's... four and one. They've lost yeah. three of their last four, and he took all the kid gloves and put them back on Justin Herbert, like he was basically him and Lombardi acted like they had old man Drew Brees, just little dink dunk, dink dunk, dink dunk. No, dude. <laughs> Throw the ball down wrong. the field. What the hell's hey, wrong with you? You're not to be wrong. fair, you never saw Drew Brees play a game like that True. ever. Absolutely. And that was like, that's a Drew Brees offense. Like, you never saw that many, like, what the hell is this kid throwing to? Like, dude, I agree with you. But I think a lot of it, and let's be fair, a lot of it was the way that Zimmer was just dialing it up against him. Like, he was smart. He went after him. And I think the one thing that's showing up a lot this league is how people are going on these gone pros where, like, there's nobody in the backfield and teams are actually challenging them more. Like, how smart is your O-line? Are they fast enough to pick up our guys? And not only that, you know, because that's the one thing about a gone pro that always kind of scared people was it makes you think – you have to think so much faster as an offense, but at the same time it puts the defense on their heels a little bit. Okay, what is – you said a gone pro? So it's called gone. I caught, for you, t- caught you mid sneeze there. I know. That's my I know. Bless you. No, you're good. About that. No, you're good. Um, it's called gone pro, and we. It's when you have just a quarterback in the backfield. Obviously, you're like five wide. You're seeing it show up more because it's making a defense show their hand, but at the same time, 
if the defense does go through with a blitz or say they were to bring one off one edge, one off another edge, it forces you to go hot. And so then it challenges you as an offense. Are you on your game? And not only that, are your offensive line on it? Because like there were so many rules to gone pro, like the slide obviously goes one way and the other way has everybody else. So like if I'm going to center and I'm going to the left, then I have everything from me to the left. The three of us have the most dangerous three. Everybody else on that side of the field belongs to these two guys. And you're seeing these teams that are dialing up these more exotic pressures. They're showing more disguise. They're also like, there was always a range that like, if a linebacker breaks the heels of the D lineman in a stance, he becomes more of a threat than the D lineman. So then you have to play the game of like, can you block two for one? And you see it sometimes where a guy will set back real vertical and he'll kind of fake this way and then he'll slam in real fast. It's because you're trying to block two while blocking one. And teams are showing it. And that was kind of what their game plan was, the Chargers. And Zim was dialing it up perfect to where he was forcing their left tackle to either squeeze and it became made the end free faster, or they didn't squeeze it all towards the end of the game and the linebackers were just running through it. So I love to inject all of that. I know. And it's it's fun, though, because when you watch it, you're like, I wonder what the O-lineman's thinking. Because you're in that mindset. You're like, I don't know if I would have done what he's – like, you see it's gone pro. You see him either shift out of it, or you know the running back is completely not paying attention to any of the calls, so then you can tell he's out of the protection. Like, you know, if you see on third down, the running back's kind of looking around, like, counting numbers. He's in. You can tell he needs to know, all right, well, they're here, so I'm one to two to backside always. But if they're just in their stance not moving, you know that dude doesn't care about the protection. He's out. So then all of a sudden defenses start to show these new hands. And with Zim, you're always going to get that Cali look, you know, the two guys in the A-gap. And now, you know, there's so many different things you do out of that. He's picking centers, and that's kind of become a fad because centers are just slow and lazy, and they don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, seriously. you. And then you know what else that forces? And oh. people don't think of this far down the road, but it forces the switch between the center and the running back. And we always found that so hard, even when – and you'll see this at times. Like, you always wonder why the running back moves closer to the line. It's because they're anticipating that twist. And so if you let the center get back at all and the running back's not right next to him when it happens, he's going to get picked. So then all of a sudden there's chaos in the middle and everything else on the outside trickles around it. So people are showing it more. I think where Zim gets away with it even better is the exoticness of it. Like at times it's like out of these fronts that I'm like, man, what's he doing? What's he thinking? Who's blocking who? Is he assigned to him? Like even as an offensive lineman, you're wondering what the hell is that quarterback looking at? Boy, I hope he knows where he's going. Hey, would you would you start? Football. So Garrett Garrett Bradbury is off the COVID list and and presumably going to be ready no. for this week's game. Would no. you start Mason Cole or, Bra- <laughs> yes. or Bradbury? Yes. Mason Cole. I'm, I'm starting Mason Cole. You know, there was a couple there was a couple plays I went back and I really had to look at these because I'm like, man, there's you can kind of tell where pressure comes from. Obviously, like up the middle, you know, somewhere in the interior. And I don't. I think that if anybody had the best game, it was definitely Brian O'Neill. Like he was the one guy, other than that sack fumble that kind of showed up. He was that really wasn't his fault. Like he was still in good position, just kind of Kirk moving around. But at the same time, like Mason could be a good center. He's a thick dude. He doesn't get pushed around a lot. Like watching him last game, and that's a great test because who was the nose tackle? Who was it? Linval. 
big LJ, right? Yeah, and I, what, is, what does LJ want to do? He wants to put his hands in your face. He wants to mess yep. with you. He's going to talk a little bit. Rah, rah. You know, you're like, okay, whatever, bro, bro. We're going to bark a couple times. You know what you do <laughs> when they start barking at you? You look <laughs> to the sideline real seriously. And you're like, hey, are we still a lot of cut backside? And then all of a sudden, everything just shuts up. Bro. You got to scream it. Like, hey, we still, we still cutting backside. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you, yeah. Football. And then careers. Hey. Are we getting careers today? Okay. Are we, are, we, are we snapping legs? Are we snapping legs today? Snapping legs, snapping checks, baby. Hey, as soon as you say that, everybody's like, oh, okay, okay, calm down, dude. Calm down, you know. But watching him last game against Linval, because I know Linval. You guys know him. We all know him. He pushes that pocket. Dude, Mason looked good. And even with times with hands in his throat and in his face, because that – there is nothing that takes your power away. That when somebody pushes your face mask away and you're like fighting to the left, but your head's to the right, like it just never works. He looked good. What happened was Oli Udo is so bad. Like he can't switch twists. He's, he's getting TE'd over here and they're messing that up. He's getting TT'd. He's getting everybody crushed. Like Mason doesn't know if he's going man or man. He's like, dude, are we switching? Are you man? Because at one point, Oli Udo is doing a full 360. And Mason's like, are we switching this? So he goes here and Oli's still spinning. Kirk's running for his life. He's like, dude, if you could find an adequate guard, I mean, whatever's going on with Wyatt needs to get figured out because they need to find yes. out if they can put somebody. Because if you can oh, just man. fill that one spot, I'm telling you. Well, dude, okay, a couple, couple things here because I, I know Judd has takes on this too. But So you've hit on sort of like the holy grail of our roster construction discussions we've had for like six or seven months. Let's do it. I'll so Zimmer, Zimmer went into the offseason and said mm-hmm. that Saints game in December where they scored about 11 rushing touchdowns, like that can never happen again. So – Let's carve out some free agency money and let's spend it all on defense. Let's get Patrick Peterson, Bashad Breeland, Xavier Woods, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. Let's, you know, let's just let's spend all the resources on defense and then you guys can patchwork offensive line again. Patchwork you can, it. Why not? You can draft a left tackle in a win now season and yeah. then you can just have an experiment at right guard and Ole Udo. Yeah. Okay, Ezra Cleveland, yep, yep, Ezra yep, Cleveland, yep. who's never played left guard before. Like, to- and then Bradbury, who's had two very bad seasons. You know, according to PFF, and you're going to run him out for a third season. And mm-hmm. so instead of maybe taking some of that money and getting an established guard oh, of some kind or established tackle, right? <laughs> yeah. But then, but then we see, like in this Chargers game, here's the here's the the maddening thing from my perspective. Zimmer was literally missing like multiple Pro Bowlers on defense, right? Harrison Smith out, Barr out, Daniel Hunter out for the season, Done. Michael Michael Pierce out, uh, Patrick Peterson out. Done. So can in comes Cam Bynum, in comes like like and they looked good defensively because Zimmer's a good scheming defensive coach still. Right, right. So it kinda it's like, God, if you could just take some of that money back and go back to Joe Tooney or something or Corey Lindsley oh. to sign with the Chargers and like get get a get a real guy See, in there. You had me until you said Joe Tooney. I mean everybody <laughs> everybody falls on the Tooney. So and you look over at Kansas City, they don't look that good these days, but well, they kind of figured it out finally uh, this we'll week. We'll see. Okay. Listen, their defense is so much of a liability. We're not even going to go there. But when you talk about, like, offseason after offseason, and it's always the same thing. And I think people think I'm joking when I'm like, listen, if you can invest in your offensive line and even your defensive line, you're going to win 50% of the games because that is where every game is controlled, in the O-line, D-line trenches. You know it, I know it, especially when you're in a run-first offense. Like, everything about you should be, dude, we want big, massive dudes. 
I'm not so big on the Joe Thune because they're not, they weren't very big run centric team. Like they're more of a pass pro team. That's why he fits better in Kansas city. And I think he's one of the best pass blocking guards. There's no question. But when you look at this, like you want me to be a GM, check this out. I know the philosophy of our offense. I know that it gets us away with a lot of things because number one, we have Dalvin. Alexander Madison was a question mark in the beginning of the season. Like, you know, not so much, but like not Dalvin status. But when Dalvin went down and Alexander Madison stepped up, it was like, holy good God, we have a one-two punch, guys. Let's go exploit everybody. But at the same time, you're like, dude, if we run the ball enough, our quarterback doesn't get as pressured as much. And if he does get pressured, things could go haywire. And then not only that, but play action is always based off deep throws. Like that's what you're setting up while the linebackers are stepping up. Who has the ball? Who has the ball? Receivers are screaming downfield. It's like a two for one. So it's like, why every year do you continue to think that these players are going to be great tackles or be great guards? You don't have the proper coaches in the NFL to turn around and turn people into something that they haven't been for 21 years of their life. I'm sorry, but people that don't play this game, and I've heard every one of their stupid stories, blase, blase, could have been, should have been, I've been around this game, that's great, but until you feel some dude spear you in the back, you just don't understand what it's like. And they're like, oh, I'm going to turn this tackle into a guard. Well, I'm watching Ole Udo, who's like seven feet tall, and I'm wondering why. And as an offensive line coach, that's my number one problem. Dude, you're big, you're massive. You should scare the lights out of everybody, and yet you let everybody into your chest every single week. Da, 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 da. Like, dude, what are you doing? The coaches in this league need to either step up or get out of the way, and they're so afraid to let former players come back because they know that we know exactly what to do, how to say it, how to get it done, and I could do it in half the work. Guys, we don't have to be in here in our underwear running around like idiots. We can go watch <laughs> film and figure out how they're going to attack us. We can have a game plan because everybody's always like, well, you have to be reactionary. No, they have to be reactionary. My set is so clean that it forces you to go only one way. And if you go back the other way, I got something waiting for you. Like, I'm prepared. But these guys go out there and they just look a mess. And it drives people crazy. But moving a tackle to guard right before training camp is beyond stupid. Like, stupid. like, like you can't – It's. it's the assumption is this. Anybody can play first base. Anybody can yeah. play guard. First of all, that's a stupid. But but the other thing where the Vikings, and, and this is why I'm out on Rick, too. The other thing that the Vikings don't get, because Rick can identify positions at certain, not quarterback. Yeah. But so a year ago, the Vikings got burned because Zimmer assumed that he could start basically two rookie corners. Corners, that's a tough job, okay? Yes. Booney, we can go through the positions that guys can can adapt at quickly. For instance, safety. Yes. Like I can plug in a Cam Bynum's success is not a shock. No. Um, and and this whole thing of we have to have Harrison Smith. Okay, he is a ring of honor guy, and I respect him a lot. But the second that he started to age, see a dude, you're gone. Right. Sorry, it's football. A uh, corner can't do that. Um, Shamar Stefan. Last year, the Vikings are like, we'll plug in. What are yeah. you thinking? Shamar Stefan's awful. He shouldn't. He barely belongs in this league. That doesn't mean that you have to go invest all of your money in 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 Dalvin Tomlinson. Right. Um. What I don't understand here, and this starts with Rick, and then goes to Mike. I don't understand the hubris and lack of understanding about positions and where you can find guys and where you can't and where you shouldn't tempt fate. 
because that's that is to me the um the the puzzle of putting together a roster where can i plug guys in and not screw myself cornerback not so much safety right but but that's what like explain that to me what is the hubris there what is the why are why is there a bunch of fans that understand more about construction than they do and i'm 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 dead serious they don't what they've done at times is beyond stupid so they don't get it i agree i think a lot of it too is when you talk about you know every year there's always the thought people are always like oh you know what are we going to do this year in the offseason well we got to fix some of the things that we broke blah 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 how's the old line they'll be fine like there's always that like right. they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out right yeah, there's a bunch of guys they'll just stand there guys guys in the room guys. somebody will pull it off right yeah. like that to me is always <laughs> annoying. But then you go look at the like the really, really good teams, and they always have great offensive lines. And they always every year they're always like, if we can go get somebody like the Chargers this offseason to me were huge because they go out, they get Slater at left tackle, like they they knew they wanted that dude, but then they went out and got Corey Lindsley and how much that took off pressure of Justin Herbert. And I really wanted Corey Lindsley to come here because I know Corey's a great guy, but number two, he's so smart. And imagine how much that could have helped Kirk. Like Listen, take a cerebral quarterback and take a little bit off his plate. Take a guy who can't fight his way out of a wet paper bag and take a little bit more off of his plate with a great center. Dude, there are times, and this falls on Mike and also on uh, Rick, like you said. If you are such a great defensive coordinator, like everybody boasts all the time. Like we always hear it all the time. Like even Brandon Staley was like, oh, he's one of the greatest ever. Like, dude, we know. Mike will tell you himself. If you are so good, why don't you go for younger talent on defense to develop these guys better, to keep creating a great defense, to keep creating great turnover? Because you're right, eventually guys get old, and on defense when they get old, they get old quick. Like you're like, man, that guy just lost a step over the last two weeks, and I don't even know how that's possible. But that's another thing. Like in being able to do that and say, hey, listen, Mike, you're going to earn your paycheck too because you are a schematic defensive coordinator. You should be able to do this with some couple early picks every year we'll let you go for your defense whatever you want get a couple guys in there but hey when it comes to free agency and it comes to o-line and d-line and positions that veterans always rule we're going with our money there instead of like you said going after a huge high market safety where it's like dude there are a million safeties out there that can play cover too you don't need one that costs 200 million dollars now i love harrison you know i do i think he's one of the best ever and the things that he used to be able to do were great but you're right and like I said, when you drop a step, it's so much more evident on all, on defense. So here's the crazy thing, all right? Despite sort of you know banging our heads against the wall all season with this team, and they they play close games every week, and they shoot themselves in the foot, and they have this weird epiphany that now they're going to use Justin Jefferson, but they're four and five. They're four and five. I think they can beat Green Bay. They're not favorites, but I think they can beat Green Bay. They've beat Green Bay at home before. Mike Zimmer gives Aaron Rodgers more problems than the average coach. But the games after that, so San Francisco has been very up and down. Now, they punched the Rams in the mouth on national TV, and I I think we probably look at that game differently now than 48 hours ago. Then you get Detroit, Pittsburgh at home on a short week on a Thursday, and then you get Chicago twice before the season's over. So, like, I think you have to beat Green Bay at home to really give yourself a shot to do something meaningful down the stretch. But, you know, that win against the Chargers kind of like put this thing a little bit back on the tracks. And there's some games that you can get on the horizon here. So uh, let's, I'll throw it back to Boom. We can go around the room here. But 
what are your thoughts? Like, what are the chances that they can beat Green Bay? And then, and then, you know, how is it possible to go on a run with games against Detroit, two against Chicago, home against Pittsburgh? They've got some games on the horizon that you could win. Yeah, no, I definitely think there is definitely a chance. And like you said, this this league this year has been so up and down. Like, there are times where we're like, dude, Kansas City is done. And now they're in first place. And there are times this year where we've been like, man, the Bills look great. And then they lose to the Jags, and you're like, they suck. Like, you just – you don't know what team's going to show up week in and week out. And you even look – and I wouldn't be surprised, like, this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, he's annoying with this whole thing going on about the vaccine and all this. but. You missed a week. You cost your team a game. Not only that, could that affect you down the stretch? Absolutely. Last week, you guys looked miserable. Like, they looked like they were not in sync. There's Aaron's on the ground getting frustrated. Like, what does one week off do? We're going to find out because now you got yourself a challenge. Like you said, Zimmer always plays uh, Aaron tough. And the games in the conference in the North are always played tougher than people realize because – and people in general don't understand this. When you're playing your own conference, it's like a double hate for that team. Like there's something about it that you're like, I have to see this guy again in three weeks. I'm just going to beat his ass right now. And then maybe it'll carry over into the next game. And at the same time, you all Football. know each other and you hate each other. I mean, it is. But at the same time, what's so crazy about Green Bay is their offense is worse than their defense. Like their defense is playing lights out right now. And the way that they're getting after people now, Rashawn Gary's hurt. And I think that that hyperextended elbow is going to have a huge impact on the way he plays, but like how they've played coverage wise, they've been playing a lot better. And that to me is like, all right, great. This sets up perfectly. Let's just send Dalvin 55 times up the middle. (laughs) Okay. And just just run the, the hurry up for three hours and only hand off. You guys want to be great in coverage. You want to get after the quarterback. That's great. We got two guys back here that have been chowing for food and we are going to feed them so much leather. They're not going to know what to do. And neither are you, but you know how it's going to go. Cause everyone's always got to out scheme. The next guy It's going to get in there. We're going to run a little bit and then I'll see how dazzling Kirk is like, don't play into their hand. That's the one thing about this defense this year is they look very confident. And I've played this defense. I've never lost to the Packers. But they look confident mm-hmm. in the way that our we lost to the Packers, what, second game? In Lambo. Only game we lost, yeah. But the way that they play now with Campbell in the middle and the way they've been getting after the quarterbacks, like, don't play into that stupid hand. Go after them with Dalvin. They are not a physical defense. We've always known this. They come. They can claim to be as physical as they want. It's just not their makeup. And so if you want to go out there and you really want to smash them and you really want to put Aaron in a bad situation with time management and clock management and see what he can do under even more pressure, like that's if I was an OC, that's what I would do. I, listen, we're going to feed these guys so much this week. We're going to have so much fun just to see what they do. Next. I mean, dude, you have to. And then not only that, but that sets you up for the next couple of weeks, right? Like, more. Dude, Mike, Mike loves that thought. You And how could you not? This defense has never been a stop-the-run type defense. Like, yeah, you some of these teams that you play, you stop their run. I'm not impressed. I want to see you stop Dalvin down the A-gap, the B-gap, some tosses. Like, mm. all those guys on the outside claim to be great cover guys. Let's see how well they cover after they have to tackle Dalvin a couple times. Yeah. And then when you suck them all all up what, what do you do all in the box oh, you know what you action? do you know what you do you, you dangle it out there a little bit you just dangle Bang. that ball out there and like you see 10 dudes step up and then they just let dalvin laugh freeze Sad. them all freeze <laughs> them all right yeah it's easy dude yeah 18 let's get it, let's get it. You. hey what 18. uh what, before we wrap this episode uh what else is on alex boone's mind here dude 
we were just talking about how up and down this league is this year and how crazy it's been. And like, what team's going to show up? Which OC is going to show up? Like, there's so many question marks. And and like, even Washington football team beat the Bucks. Smoked the Bucks. Yeah. Dude. Brady throwing picks. That's what I'm saying. Like, and and play well. That's the dude, one. The, dude, thing. the Patriot, the Patriots right now. The Patriots just beat the brakes off the Browns. I was not surprised, dude. They don't have Nick Chubb, and everyone keeps claiming that Baker's this guy. He's not no, the guy. He's he's not. he is. Everybody no, he, needs to do stop not give him a put in Casey. But hey, but I will say this: How about OBJ, dude? Like, I'm starting to think that maybe he's just got enough bad juju around him and enough <laughs> bad negative light going around. Because I mean, like, dude, you go out to LA. Robert Woods gets hurt. You get put into this yeah. prime position. Like they're like, dude, just run down the damn field. Just run as fast as you can, and he'll throw you the ball. And somehow you screw it up for an interception, and then they were like, all right, he's done. Get him out of here. I don't want to see that guy again. Like everything about this is just so crazy this year. But it gives me hope for teams like the Vikings that are like four and five, and all these teams that people are like, oh, they're kind of out, dude. These guys are going to catch fire soon, and everybody that's in their way that's just messing around playing stupid football is going to get trampled quickly. The stat, the uh, the Mayfield thing is interesting because, like, there's really no middle class for quarterback contracts. Like, you either you're no. either a franchise quarterback, and now you are the highest. You get forty right. million dollars a year, and then your roster, and then you can't get players to fill out your roster because you don't have money. Well, and you know. the thing too is like, the thing that's really hurting him that no one's talking about is how hurt he's getting. Dude, you fractured your that left shoulder. arm. That left arm is you messed fractured up. your shoulder. Yeah. Like, you told the whole world that. Now everyone's going to be like, dude, his yep. left shoulder's fractured. What are we but paying? He, but here's the thing. He can't resist. Like, he has to tell the whole world because no. he, needs to, he needs the world to know why he's not playing at a high level. Let me do that for guy. you. No, that's what old linemen are for. Big mouth old linemen. They're like, yo, my quarterback's yeah. a badass. Leave him alone, right? Like, yeah. people are like, well, I don't know what's wrong with Boone. Said he's a badass. So maybe he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's a real badass. <laughs> that's but, my quarterback. No, that's I know, my right? quarterback. No, so Boone, quarterbacks are not tough. Boone, the thing – the reason why I remain uh, concerned and doubtful about the Vikings, though, is is you're right. Like, like there's going to be a team or two that just pops that's playing okay now. Yeah. Um, my biggest problem with the Vikings is I think their biggest issue in 2021 is coaching, and I, I just don't. But but I just don't have the faith in Mike. I, I mean. Mike's need for credit, you know, Mike's saying, I told Jefferson this, I, yeah. he doesn't galvanize. I mean, part of sports and this sport in particular is galvanizing things, right? Making people feel good, uh, bringing the team together. And when you go and say, I did this, I talked to Kirk, I did that. The players are like, okay, great. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to try it, but there's a lot of coaches who are really good at knowing what to say and how to do it uh, no matter how they feel. Right. And that's what and, and like between the poor coaching here and the lack of ability to identify what people need and want. That's why I have doubts about the Vikings, because it feels like Mike had just has to take the credit. He can't like be like, you know what? Clint did get some help. Wasn't right. it great? Like, it's always got to be, you, you know, I mean, telling telling us. Clint shouldn't be saying that. Like, what good does that do anybody? Right. That's right. ridiculous. So that's was, why I feel there's it's, a disconnect. It's such a weird thing to air out publicly. It was, yeah, he, really, he, really, he really should not have said that that's, to you guys. Well, like, it's that's, pretty obvious. We're not idiots. Like, right. And it's just not necessary, though. Right. And I agree with you. And I think that dis, the dissension within will eventually just boil over. And it's one of those things where 
you hear I too much and not enough we. Like, it, it's such an easy thing to fall on, too. Like, whenever I was in the media, it was always a we thing. Because no matter what, you never knew who we were talking about, right? Like, it was we this, right. we that, we need to be better, we played great. What, who are you talking about? We, we were. You know, like, you're just, you're always kind of, and it's always keeping the team afloat. And that was one of the things that Giro used to say is a rising tide lifts all ships. And so, like, when you have a team that they all they hear is their head coach saying, well, it was my idea to do this. Or it was my idea to do that. And you hear, and the guys are like, well, really, I went up into his office and was like, wait, <laughs> wait who's running the show around here? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we all know why. It's the head coach. And the normal fans, they can't handle the fact that you're sometimes like, listen, I can't stand the guy. I can't stand my head coach because he talks too much or he's pissing me off or we've been around each other too long, whatever it is. But you're right. At the end of the day, whatever's going on, it needs to just – and I don't know how you – how do you go from here, though? Like, if Clint is getting help, at some point, when are you like, hey, Clint, man, is this your show or is this other people's show? Like, I guess I, I'm confused as to how you go from here for the rest of the year. Like, what happens if all of a sudden you put too many cooks into the kitchen? Eventually, everybody kind of wants to have, they have, their, have their hand in something that you're like, all right, we have too many voices now. Like, I just feel like that could always be a bad thing, too. So it's like – if you're the OC, and I, I really do get mad at Clint because his dad's Gary, and I had a lot of respect for him, and I was like, you know what? A guy like this is going to be top-notch, top-shelf, not going to take any mess from anybody. And it's like, dude, you've been so conservative all year. What Now, all of a sudden, you're busting out of the seams. And, Judd, you and I are on the same page. Who the hell is really calling this offense right now? Like, what the hell? What if we found out, though, it was Kirk just out there by himself freelancing? <laughs> yeah. huh? I, would do, I would love that. Like listen, that. guys. Listen. You like that. He said 86. We're not doing that. We're going to flip 23 check. You know what? We, we went hey, rogue. Boone, Boone, here's the thing. The best thing that this is why you're a thousand percent right. If they ever signed a veteran center who was really smart, you know, as well as I do, he would tell Kirk, here's what we're doing. Oh, my God. And, and, and if Clint comes down and so much as talks to you, tell me I'll beat him up. Dude, you know with, that would happen. Hey, I played with I'll some beat him up. I'll yeah. kick his ass and throw him in a trash can. Dude, goody, goody. I played with Jonathan Goodwin. He won a Super Bowl with the Saints. He played with Drew Brees for a long time. And he was – you couldn't second-guess Goody for anything. Not even the head coach. Like, it was like, yeah, but Goody told me. He was like, all right, never mind. I can't say anything. Guys, yeah. yeah. Love what he does. Like, it's yeah. – that's, once again, falls on Rick. Where the hell are you spending your money? Why can't we just get one guy in here to help this quarterback figure out these problems? I'm telling you, you would be so many light years ahead if you would just take half the problems off his plate. Like you said, look at, dude, look at the Ravens game. Overtime, third and nine. You have a veteran center, and I'm not an idiot. Everybody's over here. I'm not going to slide over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he yelled there for this. Yeah, now that was if. By the way, if the audience, if you missed that breakdown from Booney last week, it's it's worth going back and, and just we did like twenty five minutes on the third and nine play and we overtime. need to do more of that. We need yeah. more chalk talk. Send us, you yeah. send us screenshots and oh, I got and, plays. and I got, we can, dude, we can let's do it every week. You send us a screenshot, we'll make it happen on the YouTube channel here. Love it. I'll put off the top of my head last week before they were into the game, what they tossed it to Dalvin on that like third and two or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he like ran through the line, two guys, like it was Linval that hit him and I'm fumbling the ball. Remember, ball mm-hmm. comes out, dude. Had they like, there's so many plays like that that we should just start drawing up because on that play, Dalvin goes to the house if two of the O linemen just break through and even mm-hmm. like touch. Touch a linebacker. Dalvin's to that. There are plays like that all over. You're like, dude, this, they could have 400 yards rushing if they just get one guy to the linebackers. We need to break this down. 
No, let's do it. You send us, you send us screenshots. We'll, we'll you just opened the floodgate, guys. Check out this fast, <laughs> bro. Look at this idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Football. And, Judd, uh, whether the Vikings win or lose on Sunday, well, we're either going to be drinking celebratory surlies or drowning in so- you know, sorrow surlies, I guess. You know. That's and, exactly right. And may I suggest that it not just be something from Surly Brewing Company, which, of course, is the best brewing company around, but it be a Surly Furious IPA because you're going to need something to either be very happy with or you're going to be like, well, they just stink again. But Surly Furious IPA, first-round draft choice of Judd, this thing didn't take nine weeks to figure out what to do as a beer. They figured it out in week one because the folks at Surly, they've got a game plan and a good coach. you damn right. Yeah. Perhaps and somebody else should. Yeah, that's right. Ooh. Oh, come on. I can't He's wait done a terrible. He's done a terrible. I like so- – some of his brashness and stuff, but he's had a terrible season. There's no two yeah. ways about it. Well, we'll see Sorry. what happens on Sunday. Join us, Vikings Vent Line, right after that game is over. Uh, the most fan-friendly, interactive show in Minnesota sports. And if you're watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, click that subscribe button and click the like button if you like the football breakdowns here on Tuesdays with our friend football. Alex Boone. All right, Booney. Right, go uh, go pound a few energy drinks and uh, sure. we'll see you. We'll see you next hey, week. seriously though, are you guys are excited though for the Packers week, right? Hell yeah! It is going to be absolutely. Nice, man. Yeah. I'm just making sure, guys. Noon kickoff Dude, Sunday noon. Oh god, yeah. Let's get go it. Time. LFG. All right, Purple Daily. See you guys tomorrow.